1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, we began the show today by talking about the latest demonstration of how clueless And feckless is the leadership in the city of Columbus by Andrew Ginter and city council, all Democrats. They have created a nine-member committee designed to make recommendations. And those recommendations would be that if we're going to build a building in Columbus with taxpayer dollars, that costs more than $5 million a year, which is pretty much when it comes to a city project, a yard barn or bigger. Then we have to prioritize hiring female minority and local workers on larger city construction projects so that we can get diversity, equity, and inclusion into our construction projects. I said this was stupid because all you should care about is stewarding the taxpayers' money as judiciously as you can and getting the building built as best and as cost-effectively as you can. And that it is perhaps possible that big, proven companies like Elford and Cornica Cozing and Crawford Hoying are better equipped to do that And can do it and not be racist because you decide that it's better to build a safe, cost-effective building. And you might think, well, that's the one and only demonstration of wokeness run amok in the city of Columbus that Bruce will have to talk about this week. And you would be, of course, wrong. Did you see what the mayor did yesterday? He unveiled his 2023 city budget and in it is the creation of the Office of Violence Prevention. Now, what a shame it is that uh, two years ago when we had a record 205 murders. No, actually, that was last year, wasn't it? (laughs) I lost track. I got it confused with the record 175 murders two years ago, and then we jumped it to 205 or 210 last year. Uh, If only then we had realized that all we needed to do was create another city department on the record as being against violence the problem would poof manage to vanish in the wind uh here is the quote from the estimable constantly golfing mayor neighborhood safety is our top priority oh i can tell by how well you're doing it neighborhood safety is our top priority And I know it is top of mind for neighbors throughout Central Ohio. Yes, if only it was top of mind with you. Violent crime ebbs and flows as new trends emerge and circumstances change. Does it? Does violent crime ebb and flow as new trends emerge and circumstances change? I'm saying no on that. I'm saying that record murder total 205 in 2020... No, I got it wrong again. Record murder total, 175 in 2020. Record murder total, 205 in 2021. That's two calendar years. I don't think of that as an ebb and a flow. We are at more murders this year than we had in any year from 2015 through 2019. No, through 2020, actually, because 2021, no, I was right before, 2019. More murders this year than in 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19. Record murder total, 175 in 2020. A new record, 205 in 2021. That's not an ebb and a flow. That's a gusher. But Andrew Ginther says it's ebbing and flowing, and then he continues. We take very seriously this particular moment and our solemn commitment. See, not just a commitment, a solemn commitment. To doing, ev- there it is. There's a Democrat word. You gotta if to be a Democratic politician these days. Anything that is run amuck, out of control, unabated. You can rest assured that a Democrat is doing what. Say it with me, kids. Everything we can. Everything they're doing. Everything they can on the border. They're doing everything they can to lower gas prices. They're doing everything they can to lower inflation. They're doing everything they can. Unfortunately, none of it's working. None of it. So Andy Ginter, he says, it's in his Democratic DNA. I'm doing everything I can to keep you and your family safe. Meanwhile, a 21-year-old boy from Girard, Ohio, with his entire accomplished life ahead of him, gets gunned down, shot in the head by a random Idiot. With a semi automatic rifle, who was roaming around the Sheets gas station for who knows how long with the cameras running and no distress call placed to 911. I would think if you were doing everything you can, or maybe even anything you can, that might set off alarm bells if eight guys are in a Sheets with semi automatic rifles. Clearly, you are not doing everything you can or even anything at all, Andrew Ginther, to lower crime in the city of Columbus, except creating nonsense offices like the Office of Violence Prevention. Now, you know, this is bad when a wokester at the dispatch is calling it out. Theodore Decker, who half the time I think is sane and half the time I think is crazy because he has to repent for being sane, notes that, As a reporter in 2011, he talked about how effective Columbus police were at taking guns off the street. What does Ginther talk about all the time now to end violence? Oh, we got to get the guns off the street. Guns off the street. Theodore Decker was a crime reporter at the dispatch in 2011. 11 years ago! When he wrote, Columbus police take guns off the street at a pace of about eight a day, 250 a month, 3,000 a year. Do we still have a violence problem in Columbus? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But fret not. In his endless effort to do everything he can, Andrew Ginter has declared gun violence a public health crisis. Oh, wow. We could put a label on it. Is it an existential threat, Andy, like climate change? Is it extremist activity? Like, you know, Republicans voting in a free and fair election or one that used to be free and fair. Uh, This is just more effort by Andrew Ginther to convince everybody he's doing something and what? It's not his fault. It's not his fault. You mark my words. You mark my words. This kid who's charged with the murder of Kevin Sobnoski, is going to have a long juvenile record. He's going to have somewhere on that juvenile record the theft of a car. He's going to have somewhere on his record a weapons charge. And you're going to look at that record when it comes to light in court, and you're going to say, why was this kid on the street? Why was this kid on the street? And you will have every right to ask that question because if indeed the mayor was doing everything he can, kids like this would not be on the street. And kids like Kevin Sabnosky, who's the valedictorian of his high school class and a four-year starter on the varsity as a soccer player and on a full academic scholarship to Youngstown State ready to graduate in the spring— and start his life and make an impact on his community through his devoted work to his church and his Catholic parish, then Kevin Sobnovsky would be safe if Andrew Ginther was really doing everything he can. Because the kid who killed, most likely, Kevin Sobnovsky, is someone who sent up not one, not two, not five, not ten signals that he did not... Have any right to the privilege of continued freedom because of his antisocial behavior that Andy Ginther and Shannon Harden, the council president, and judges downtown like John O'Grady were too afraid to hold him accountable, might get them labeled racist. And so they let him out on the street so that he was in the Sheets gas station in the wee hours of a Sunday morning with a semi automatic rifle with no fear of police being called because to show up and make him disarm himself might cost Andrew Ginther a vote with someone in Linden or the Hilltop or whatever other neighborhood this kind of activity is all too normal because Andrew Ginther and his minions are not doing not only everything they can, but anything they can because the one thing they like more than their responsibility to keep you safe is their access to power. You know how when the Super Bowl comes up, there's all kinds of prop bets on the Super Bowl? Who's going to score the first touchdown? Will the first turnover be a fumble, an interception? How long the national anthem will take? Are there prop bets on Trump's speech tonight? There should be. There should be prop bets on Trump's speech tonight. Will he take a shot at Ron DeSantis? Would you bet that he'll say Ron DeSanctimonious? Will he take a shot at Mitch McConnell? Will he take a shot at who else? Glenn Youngkin? What's more likely, that he would take a shot at Lindsey Graham or at Glenn Youngkin? Will he take a shot at Joe Biden? Will he take a shot at Mike Pence? Will he not run? Will he do a fake a Rooney and come out tonight and do a speech and never say whether he's going to run or not? Stay tuned. I don't know. But I think there ought to be prop bets on Trump's speech tonight. And... Uh, If we're going to do a Donald Trump speech drinking game. You know, like with Joe Biden, if you uh, played the Joe Biden drinking game. And if you uh, had to take a drink every time he said, not a joke. I'm serious. Or every time he stumbled over a word. (laughs) Well, you'd be drunk before he got into the third minute of the speech. Finally, we have. A response from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to the shots that Trump has been taking at him. Now, I have not heard this audio from Governor DeSantis, so I certainly hope there's not any uh, profanity in it. But here's DeSantis in um, a thread that was posted mm, a couple minutes ago. Here's Ron DeSantis, Florida governor. DeSantis would like
2: to know
1: what you think about Trump's Big announcement and some of the less than flattering
2: comments he has made about you. Well, you know, one of the things I've learned, like learned in this job, is um, uh, when you're do when you're leading, when you're getting getting things done. Yeah, you take incoming fire. That's just the nature of it. Uh, I roll out of bed in the morning. I've got corporate media outlets that have a spasm just the fact that I'm getting up in the morning, and it's constantly attacking. And this is just what's happened. I don't think any governor got attacked more particularly by corporate media than me over my four-year term and yet i think what you what you learn is all that's just noise and really what matters is are you leading are you getting in front of issues Uh, are you delivering results for people and are you standing up for folks and if you do that then none of that stuff matters and and that's what we've done we focused on results and leadership and uh you know at the end of the day Uh, I would just uh, tell people to go check out the scoreboard from last Tuesday night. the fact of the matter is, (laughs) you know, the fact of the matter is we um, it it was the 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 greatest uh, Republican victory in the history of the state of Florida.
1: How good is that answer? How good is that answer? Like, that's high road, factual, calm. That's the epitome of never let them see you sweat. Because I don't think he is sweating. I don't think he's sweating Donald Trump at all. I think what it looks like to me is that Ron DeSantis is smart enough to give Donald Trump as much rope as Donald Trump wants. I think the thing that drives Donald Trump crazy is when he engages you and you don't engage. You don't answer. I think he, because look, who's going to win a spitting match with somebody who has, hey, Trump's been through the wars of, you know, New York construction. You're dealing with organized crime. You're dealing with corrupt politicians. Donald Trump is very adept at getting down in the gutter and playing dirty and coming out on top if he needs to. And he's remained pretty clean over the years, right? Nothing lands on the man had a lot of things, a lot of rumors thrown at him, a lot of innuendo thrown at him. I say that as, um, you know, being somewhat admiring of the fact that he's been able to engage in things that are decidedly dirty, where you have to be vicious, but you have to camouflage your viciousness. And you have to emerge from those kinds of conflicts a clear winner. Donald Trump did that all the way to the highest office in the land. It would be foolhardy. This is what was said of Trump after the election in 2016 is don't take him literally, but take him seriously. Like he said, you know, Mexico is going to build a wall or we're going to build a wall. Mexico is going to pay for it. Well, you can't take that literally because Mexico is not going to write a check for it, but take it seriously because he made them to his demands on the border, and our border was more secure for it. So I'm not saying there's not a place in politics for being tough, maybe a little bit more than tough. What I'm saying is that if you're going to engage with the master, and Trump is the master at emerging from those kinds of conflicts, then you have to know that you're likely not as skilled at as, at it as he is. And if you engage with him, he's demonstrated himself to be better at emerging unscathed from those kinds of butting of heads than anybody else. So Ron DeSantis, maybe it's his personal style, maybe he's smart enough to know who his opponent is in this situation, and he's just like, look, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Now you say, can he do that all the way through a primary? Well, it'd be a challenge. It'd be a super big challenge if you get on a stage and you're there and Trump is attacking you, attacking you, attacking you. But that kind of an answer that DeSantis just gave, look, everybody's against me. I'm in public office. I get it. He's criticizing me. The media is criticizing me. It's always great to bring the media in because what do you do when you bring the media in there? What What did he accomplish by bringing the media in there? Without saying it, he said that Donald Trump and big media are on the same side. Because they're both attacking him, right? He makes big media an ally of Donald Trump, an implied ally of Donald Trump in that situation, just by saying, well, I get criticism from him, but you know, I'm not going to really talk about the criticism from him. I'm going to talk about the criticism I get, and it comes from here and here and here and here, and people go, well, I don't like that group of people attacking you. I don't like that group of people attacking you. So you know what? I don't like any group of people attacking you. It's a very effective way for Ron DeSantis to play offense By playing defense, he plays defense artfully. And I heard this Friday night at a high school football game, one cheering section was chanting at another, "We can't hear you." Blah blah. What did the cheering section behind me say? Scoreboard, scoreboard. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Rag on us. We're beating your team. That's Ron DeSantis. He's a scoreboard. Look at the scoreboard. Like, how are we doing in Florida? Are we winning? Are we convincing places like Palm Beach and Miami that used to be Democratic strongholds? I mean, I I think we're winning because they all voted for us. They like our policies. They like our policies on COVID. They like me taking on Disney. They like me opening up the state. Are people from New York moving here? Yeah, they are. Is our state growing? Did, Did the whole Martha's Vineyard thing where I was supposed to be evil and terrible and awful and hateful, did that end up being a good thing? Yeah, it did. Focused attention on the border, put a lot of heat on the Biden administration. So Ron DeSantis has demonstrated himself so far, and there's a long, long way to go. Pretty adept at dealing with Donald Trump's slings and arrows. And right now, the most effective way to hold them at arm's length is just not to go and trade punches with the guy. So we'll see what Trump says tonight. We'll react to it tomorrow. Have a great
0: rest of your day.